Welcome to this special edition of our podcast. Um, my name's Don, and this is Scott. And what happened, basically, is the last week, the uh, episode you got, we started having a discussion about law versus grace. And we got, we ran out of time. I don't even know if last week. I don't know when I'm going to air this. I might even air this before. I'm trying to like undo the stupid Velcro thing okay. so I get more so, so uh, room on my microphone. So really, we, we ran out of time. Um, we were kind of in a discussion regarding... Um, uh, do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and, and you shall not eat the eat the life with the flesh. Yes. Um, and my question is, 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 does that mean we can't eat red meat? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't that we can't eat red meat. It was can we have meat that has blood in it? Right. Yeah. But okay. so if you get a if you get a rare steak, are you violating God's commands? <laughs> if I'm grilling, <laughs> it might really be a rare steak. So um, we we kind of discussed through. We really kind of tackled the the different points of the law. I'm doing this like a stand-up comedian because my back hurts. We just sat and recorded, so I'm standing. I got my microphone. All right, everybody. <laughs> um, we talked about how that is kind of taking care of how Christ um, has fulfilled the law and has abolished the need for the ceremony because once the law is fulfilled, you can't fulfill it anymore because we're just people, and we, we could never fulfill it in the first place, and now we can't fulfill it. So we're going to kind of continue the conversation with this little bonus podcast here and and there has been no additional study time it literally has been maybe two minutes um since we ended the last podcast i basically said hey um, do you want to talk about this more and just record it and see what comes out yeah and i was like well no and then we kept talking about it i was like well okay maybe okay, we should yeah. i was like because and really all it is is a continued discussion um so again it's not like um we've restudied more or anything like that um it's more just um continued questions and dialogue with the topic, I guess. On the same, yeah. So welcome to bonus time. You get a free extra episode, and I've been wanting to do stuff like this for a while. So I'm thrilled that now, we're doing now he's it, like so. extra, like he was falling asleep earlier, and now he's like oh, super boy. hyper, like whoa. Yeah. Actually, I'm, um, I'm seriously standing up because my back is stupid, but because okay. we live in a fallen world. Yeah, <laughs> but sorry. Right, so go on. Let's let's kind of get back on this. We're going to continue to discuss law versus the covenant of Moses, the Mosaic covenant versus the covenant of grace that we as Christians live in now. So we'll use those terms. The covenant being uh, a very deep promise that has repercussions if broken. Um, so it has a covenant has kind of like a legal standing to it, but it also has like a deeper meaning. So like a covenant of marriage to break that has deeper repercussions than if I just say, hey, I promise I'll pick you up tomorrow at noon. And I forget. If I forget to pick you up at noon, you might be mad at me. Um, if I covenant with you in something, it's a deeper, more heartfelt mm -hmm. promise agreement between two people. So Mosaic Covenant <clears throat> is the Old Testament covenant between God and his people as presented by Moses. And that Mosaic Covenant basically starts uh, once the Israelites are freed and are made God's people in the Old Testament. And it continues all the way up through the uh, life of Christ, once Jesus dies, resurrects from the dead, and ascends back into heaven, we are now under a covenant of grace. So we're in a different period of time. So we're kind of discussing what that looks like as a Christian now in this day and age. So, so as I was kind of reformulating or thinking through, um, I guess, the question that, that, that continued with, with the dialogue that we continued with after we, we ended the last podcast is 
my question of to, to say that, that we should not obey the commands of the Old Testament um, scares me a bit because that <laughs> when I look around um, at our society, um, I mean, so far, everything that we've talked about in Deuteronomy, I mean, makes sense. I mean, um, to, to how society should function and, and all of that. And, and really, as I watch, I look around at our society, I was like, well, if we follow these commands of Deuteronomy, how much different would life be? And, and, and how, I mean, really, it's our way of honoring God, but, but it really makes to a better, more productive um, way of, of living in society. Um, and so I was like, well, well uh, kind of thinking through um, our conversation in our last podcast, I was like, well, well, then which commands do we follow and which we don't? And, and so I guess if I were to reformulate that question, I might, might reformulate it something like, well, then what commands is Jesus talking about when he says, well, if you obey my commands, you love me? So what commands then do still exist um, are, are the ones that we are supposed to follow that, that Jesus is talking about there and or um, that are set out in the Old Testament. Um, how, how do we know which ones are still applicable today um, and in our lives currently? Um, and and as, as I was thinking through kind of what Don had said earlier, I was like, okay, well, ceremonial laws, well, that makes sense because some of those ceremonial laws, I can see where they would be um, null and void once once Jesus comes in and makes that sacrifice and that sort of thing. I get that. Yeah, the blood, um, the blood of bulls and sheep no longer atone for our sins. So what would be the point in sacrificing bulls and sheep? Right, right. It'd be, um, it'd be a vain waste of resources. Mm-hmm. And then when I go back to to the commands that are set out and say say you know the Ten Commandments and, and maybe even some of the other Levitical laws. Um, some of them, I, I see how they are very important to a productive society. Um, and I know Jesus addresses, at least in the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of the um, the Ten Commandments, which you can probably listen to in, in one of our earlier podcasts when we address the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. But but what, well, anyway, what, what commands is Jesus talking about when he says, if you obey my commands? And how does that fit into, say, this... Um, do not eat the blood thing, but then also we go back to some of the other commands um, that that are legit and we do need to continue to follow. Uh, I think that we get a lot of that, and I'm going to, I should have been opening my Bible while you were talking. Um, we get a lot of that spelled out in that deeper language uh, in the Sermon on the Mount for one. So you get a lot of that really, re, not reworked, but um, I guess... In, I used the term in the last podcast, like interpreted correctly uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Of course, my fingers are not doing the walking here. Come on. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest book of Mark in the world. Oh, geez, here we go. All right. Um, So we've got a lot of it spelled out here. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, you get... um, what some would argue would be like kind of the complete, the most complete preaching of Christ. If you're in your Bible and you got the red letter edition, um, you get like some solid pages of red where it says Jesus talking to his people. And this is where he really kind of spells out what his commands are. Um, throughout the New Testament, though, we get everybody's favorite, Paul, really reiterating what the commands are and really unpacking them even more. So we, we've got like, um, I think I used, well, um, we'll go with the heading. So I'm going to read uh, off the cuff here, even if it doesn't 
uh, fit in. But these are some of the verses that we talked about. So Matthew 5.17 starts with, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these, uh, sorry, one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that last part there, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So right there, Christ says, I have come not to abolish the law to fulfill, and I'm not telling you to uh, teach people the other way there, but he says, unless your righteousness exceeds. Now, we know that no man can live up to the law. Remember, I said that was like the, stati- the status of righteousness prior. I'm sorry, I'm boring you. That's a nice big yawn you have there. <laughs> Thanks for not doing it into the microphone. <laughs> um, we know that we cannot exceed that status of righteousness. However... Upon Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he imputes his righteousness to us. So now, in him, we have exceeded the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. But but should we not still strive to follow God's commands, though? Oh, we should, because he says, those who love me obey my commands, like you had said before. But then we realize that the obeying of his commands is like this deep heart dive. And he goes through this in... In the Sermon on the Mount, so you've got anger. It's now a deep heart dive. It's no longer a, uh, um, just like a, hey, I'm mad at that person or whatever. I'm going to let it cool off. There's like this, hey, if you're so deep in anger to the point where you're cursing your fellow man, you're, you know, you're guilty of breaking <coughs> the commands. But we, uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question because like you even have like, you know, he talks about lust. If you even have lust in your heart, you've, you know, if you even look at another woman, um, in a lust, with lustful intent, you've broken the commandments. And I I would argue that a lot of this, and I'd have to go through and do some studying um, to back it up, but a lot of the stuff that we see in here <coughs> is a matter of, like, basically saying to the people that are, like, listening to the sermon that they're going to fall short. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to be able to... Um, be successful. So should we still try and follow the, try and our, do our best to, to be obedient to God's commands, knowing that we won't, and so our righteousness does not come through that obedience, but ultimately comes through through Christ. But then do we still try and follow the, follow the law and God's commands anyway, knowing that we still won't fulfill them, or do we just ignore them? Um... <clears throat> So this is where it kind of gets hard without having prep. But yes, you should you should still follow God's commands. So like the Ten Commandments are there, and we should still you know they're all. I mean, number one, you should have no other gods. You know, um, worship me as God alone. I now I can't think of the Ten Commandments because I'm completely brain damaged. Um, but these are the things that we should still be following and we should still be, you know, taking into account and living by. However, just following the commands for the sake of following the rules just rings hollow. Mm -hmm. And I think therein is the problem. I think that as a Christian, if you are 
following the greatest commandment, loving the Lord your God with all your heart. You're reading his word. You're communing with him. You're praying. You're partaking in a, a spiritual community where you're learning and praying, etc. And I think that's strengthening you in, in your desire to obey God. But I think that like the... Uh, because I'm I mean, so worried about spouting something <coughs> wrong here that I'm biting my tongue a lot, but go on. Because even in Isaiah and, and Hosea, I think it is, and even some of the other prophets, I think he even addresses them obeying God's commands with the wrong heart. Um, being, He's like, it's not about the commands. Um, it, it goes much deeper than that. Um, and, and they missed, I mean, many times even in the Old Testament, they missed out on the heart of what it is that God truly wanted in, in, in their worship and, and, and in their obedience um, and isn't that what he says also once again, I think it's Matthew five or six where he talks about like praying and fasting, like don't, you know, have eloquent words, uh, to make yourself look good. And when you're fasting, don't look like you just got hit by a truck, mm-hmm. you know, do it in secret because to do it the other way is to basically say, or is basically to follow God with the wrong intent. It, it's to live that lie kind of thing. So then are we kind of just being warned not to blindly follow God's commands with the wrong intent, um, but to still make sure that, that we're aware of them and, and striving towards them? Um, I, think it's, I think it's more nuanced than that, and I think it's deeper than that. What do you mean? So, yeah, there are commands mm-hmm. that we're to follow. And once again, I just keep going back to the two, loving God, loving your neighbor. Right. Um, and everything else kind of flows from those commands. So, okay. Um, there's a period of time in every new Christian's life where they follow the commands like it's a checklist. Mm-hmm. And then they add some stuff to it. So they're like, I will have a quiet time. I will read my Bible. I will go to church every Sunday, et cetera. And it's, it's a very legalistic, it's a very, like I said, checklisty, get out of hell card. Those aren't commands? Just kidding. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but I think that there's grace during that time as some people are setting themselves up for future practices and disciplines that are very beneficial. But I think at the beginning, I mean, well, how many times do you hear morality as your, as, as your testimony? Like, I was so bad and now I'm so good. I used to drink all the time and do drugs and party, and now I don't. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think that a lot of Christians, I, I would argue almost every single one of them, go through that as their testimony for a while. Mm-hmm. When our testimony in reality should be, God saw me when I was dead, and he rescued me and made me alive. Mm. There's no, I was once a, you know, a drug addict and a, a sex-crazed maniac who, you know, killed people and drank heavily and abused my wife or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And now I go to church every Sunday and I wear a three-piece <coughs> suit and I speak in King James English. That's never what our calling to be as a Christian is. It's never what our testimony should be. I think that if you're blindly following the commandments because you're trying to, you know, check the boxes, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're not acknowledging who God is. But I do once again argue that there's some grace for a while mm-hmm. while you're, you know, new and not sure and your heart's still being molded. Because there's that, 
And I think that's where the hard part is. Your heart's constantly being shaped and molded by the Holy Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. sanctification <coughs> is progressive. It's still happening. And it's there's a lot of area where you're learning and growing constantly mm-hmm. until, you know, the other side of glory. Because we, we started up a Sunday school class um, about a year and a half ago. And one of the first things that we did is we, we shared our testimonies and, and kind of our story and that sort of thing. Um, and... So I was putting together mine, and when I said I was putting together mine, I, I just thought through it for a couple minutes, and then went in and, and shared mine. But as I and and I, I just because I was like, well, I, I just want to see, I want to see where it goes, you know, I want to think through it, and mm-hmm. and so anyway, as I told it, I realized that the majority of my testimony isn't necessarily what happened when I quote became a Christian, but actually has continues to happen Mm -hmm. and the more powerful parts of my testimony has happened within the past couple years um and so so i realized that 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 as a christian i'm I'm, god is continuing to to mold and shape my heart um to to show me what it means to to genuinely live more as as a follower of christ um and uh, but as as i was kind of thinking through that and right now i just brain farted (laughs) um but I don't remember. I was going somewhere with that. I really was. Um, well, I'll, I'll run along for a second. And okay. if you remember, just come back. Cool. So we've been doing Deuteronomy, <clears throat> and we constantly see remember, remember, remember when, remember when. Mm-hmm. And whenever God is saying, like, remember when, he says, remember when I delivered you from the Amorites. Remember when I delivered you from the Hittites. Remember when I provided food for you in the desert. Remember when I provided water for you. Remember when I healed you. over and over again. He never says, remember when you went to battle with the Hittites and you had this amazing battle plan and these great tactics and your soldiers fought better than any of the other soldiers? Remember how awesome you guys were during that time? That's that's never what happens. The whole point for them to remember is to remember that at one point they were with a need that and that need could only be completely fulfilled and met by God. Mm. So your testimony is the same thing. Mm-hmm. You had a need, and that need was life because you were dead. You were dead in your sins. You know, to God, you had no desire to obey God. You didn't wake up one morning and be like, you know what? Today, I'm going to obey God. And you were saved. That's not how it worked. God had to rescue you. He had to you know, he had to, Ezekiel, we'll go back to that. Mm-hmm. He had to remove your heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, mm-hmm. y- you know, all that kind of stuff. God had to, like, the, Egypt, you know, the Israelites in Egypt, he had to break your chains, set you free from that past sin, and bring you into life. Um, so I remembered. Okay, so so as I, so as I was thinking, God's continuing his story and... and um, his story in me, um, and that my testimony doesn't end at the moment I become a Christian. But I would say as God continues to work and transform my heart, as, as my testimony didn't stop and continues to move forward, there is at least a desire that I have to obey God's commands. But I don't mean that from a checkbox thing. It's from seeing the heart of where of what what God's commands are, and how it really influences and impacts um, society. It impacts the world around me. It impacts myself. Where I desire to follow God's commands, but not out of a check mark, but out of 
a way to express my love towards God. Now, I know I'll never be able to meet those. Why? Because I screw up like thoughts at times every couple hours, minutes, minutes uh, all yeah. the time. And, and so it's one of those that I don't, I don't last long when it comes to, to that. So I realize that, that if, I'm, if I'm truly going to be seen righteous in God's eyes, it is by no means by my actions. It is by the full grace of God and what Christ has done for me on the cross. However, there is still that desire for me to obey God's commands. And, and part of that is because, well, God asked me to. Um, if God no, asks no. me... Your desire to obey his commands is a desire given to you by him. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you, yes, you understand, you have an understanding of the heart of those commands, mm-hmm. but you only have that understanding because he put that understanding in you. Right. Because the gospel, the law, the all that is foolishness to anybody else. Right. So, y- yeah, you have a desire to follow his commands. Mm-hmm. And those are God-given desires is he's sanctified you and worked in you to help you to respond to him. Right. But in in that desire to be obedience, I see the heart as to why it is that he desires for me to follow those commands. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand that reason for obedience. And as a father's love, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, not only for his protection, but his provision um, through that obedience. Um, but also that being my ability to, to show God that I genuinely trust him and that I genuinely love him. But I feel that those commands are still important um, in my response. I mean, it's that, that outward desire and that outward desire to be obedient to my, my loving father that, that I, and that obedience coming through those commands mm-hmm. um, and my desire to follow those commands that are important. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of talking out loud at this point, but I, I'm trying to, to think through the importance of those commands, yet understanding, knowing that righteousness, so my obedience does not lead me to Christ. My obedience is a response to what God has done. Yeah, and so yeah that, that's actually, that's very <clears throat> spot on. Like your what you just said there, like a lot of people think that like they got to clean up and they got to start obeying God before they can go to church. Right. right. Like that's, the, that's the opposite of way it works. And what you just said is like a hundred percent spot on your obedience did not lead you to Christ. Christ led you to wanting to be obedient. Right. So you were talking before about like society. If society were to follow God's laws, we would see a difference. But I would argue that if society were to try and follow God's laws, it would be a sinful variation of those laws a legalistic version of those laws, and I don't know if we would be much better off than we are. We would still have sin. It would just look different. Okay, I see. Well, I mean, I guess you have those, and and hopefully I don't get too many people mad at me at this point. Uh, Yeah, let me get mad. Quote Christians um, who live, they're very judgmental in the commands and in how people follow those commands. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, you get a very judging, unloving, which that's not loving your neighbor, right. perspective on, on God's commands, where, um, which I guess would be almost that altered, diverted, messed up version of, of following God's commands that yeah. you're talking about in society. Th- think, and this is where we basically make everybody else mad, think the typical view of what the Republican Party is, and you will very clearly see 
what happens when we try and make God's law a moral standard as opposed to making our obedience something that comes out of our response to his love for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, we just took care of half the listeners. All right. We're <laughs> down to three. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so, okay. This very special episode tanked <laughs> our listenership. Um, Democrats out there, tell your friends about us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me talk about why you're wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're, we're really down to nobody. Um, Libertarians, I've got a bone to pick with. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything to say about the Green Party? Don't get me started. Okay. I voted for Ralph Nate. No, I got okay. nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know much about the Green Party. Um, There's like six of them. Okay, now I, I think. Yeah. Now <laughs> we just, now <laughs> we're uh, So anyway, yeah. okay, so again, I'm just... I, I'm just thinking through, like, really just the, these ideas of the commands. But but I see, I see your argument now when you're saying, well, just because we follow God's commands doesn't mean that that's going to change society because mm-hmm. the heart and the desire as to why it is that that you're following those commands is very different, and then that comes out and manifests itself in more of an unhealthy way mm-hmm. than if you are doing it in response to a loving God, in obedience to a loving God, mm-hmm. where if you're being obedient to a command that has a different outcome than, say, obedience to a loving God who is the one who makes you righteous, but it's out of that gratefulness for him providing that righteousness that makes you want to be obedient to that loving God, which changes everything. I think I followed you, but we can play this back in slow motion <laughs> and I can draw it out. On a no, but I think you're correct. And it's just, you know, like to, to kind of use that example of somebody that is falling out of obedience. Um, they will add things on, mm-hmm. which we've seen before. Um, They'll put rules where there are not rules to help them obey. And that's kind of what you see, the distortion of the law that happens from when Moses gave it all the way to the time of the Pharisees. So there's tithes, grain offerings, and vow offerings and sacrifices and all that. God sets up all these great ordinances in place that are supposed to be done X, Y, and Z. By the time you get to the Pharisees, they're tithing out of their mint and cloves and they're taking 10% of basically their spice cabinet to show how much more amazing they are because they're following the ordinances to a greater degree than anybody else. And I think that's what happens when you get obedience without heart Mm -hmm. or when you get obedience without, (coughs) I shouldn't say without our heart because I'm very hesitant to say that we have anything to do with it. But when when we are obeying without experiencing the love of God or the love of Christ first, Mm -hmm. we kind of get that distorted. I think that's like a, a good view to to put it in now, I'm trying to find a way to put it nowadays because we got some really whacked out stuff out there. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of I don't have a good present day allegory. But if something comes to mind, I'll interrupt you and okay. say it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't really <laughs> have much else to say actually. Okay, uh, we'll wrap this up. It comes in around 30 minutes. That's a nice little extra special. Happy uh, extra special Bakeshi thingy Bob. Is that the official name? I don't know. It's going to be listed as like special podcast. I have no idea. Maybe I'll just call it. Spell Mabob. Mabob. M A B O B. There's probably a dash in there. M A dash B O B. Mabob. A special thingy, Mabob. Okay. All right. But yeah, hey guys, thanks for listening to this extra special one. If you have any way you want to weigh in, 
uh, bodcatch.podbean.com. You can go on there and leave a comment on our site. We also have an email, bodcatch.outlook.com, that I now check almost every day. Um, and then we have a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash bodcatchpod, I believe. So Sure. Yeah, I should write that down and just have it with yeah, me. Yeah, I really should. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening to us. I hope that our uh, discussion uh, helped in some way. And maybe if you can make things clear for two people that aren't good at being clear all the time, <laughs> uh, we'll share it with the others. So, once again, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.